are listening to Peak One Sports. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode of the sports page on the Peak One Sports Network. I'm Ashton with Dan. Um, what's going on, Dan? Oh, man, what a great Super Bowl, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get into that uh, for sure again. A lot of weird schedules going on right now, and it's totally my fault. But yeah, Chris is not on with us again. Um, I'm just having to do. I, it's so crazy for me right now, so I'm having to do these weird hours when we record the show, and and Chris is obviously uh, busy with his other stuff. So um, yes, Chris is still a part of the show. Don't worry about that. Just yeah, so, we'll get it cleaned up over time. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, there's we'll a lot of uh, extra stuff going on right now that I'm working on getting uh, streamlined a little bit. So, yeah, for sure, a lot of irons in the fire right now. Yeah, hard, um, hard to give everybody like the or every show the same attention that it needs and everything. Yeah, but, yeah, and, and but I, I think mean, I think we got some good things in the works. So just you know, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, stick with us. Yeah, we'll, for sure. We'll there, there are changes we will, coming. We'll figure it out. There are changes yeah. coming, but we got, yeah. we got good stuff coming. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and that's a little preview. I like you're taking, taking control there. That yeah. might be a little preview of what you might be seeing soon. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're getting things figured out and worked here. I hate that Chris has to miss some of these Super Bowl episodes, but luckily he was on the Super Bowl pregame show. We had live every, pretty much everybody on yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's also an for- awkward time of the year anyway we're right at the end of football yeah got this short gap before baseball starts up you know basketball's kind of mid-swing uh hockey's a lot of important content going on but i can i can understand how people are getting beat down with storylines at this point with the super bowl um so this will be our last dedicated episode of the super bowl um not that we won't bring up things that go on but we'll assure you uh after this episode we won't milk it anymore and just make up right. crap, you know, to, to, to De- keep definitely be less football to talk about after that. Yeah. I, I, I love the algorithms. We've been a lot more views on a lot of different stuff because it's Super Bowl related, but uh, we, we won't beat that dead horse anymore. Uh, but as Dan said, if you do, if you are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to like this, share it with anyone you know. Um, if you like our content, go hit the like button. Um, this episode is brought to you by Betalytics. Don't forget, don't bet with your gut. Check out Betalytics and get help making your picks using their AI algorithms. Use promo code PEAK1 for 25% off. When you sign up today, go to betalytics.com to start betting smarter. And I have to admit, I, I'm i not a very experienced better. And I made a faux pas the other day. I had, a, I, I had a parlay I was doing and I used Betalytics to help me out. Four of the five picks, I used Betalytics and those four picks hit. That fifth was college basketball, so they they don't even do college basketball anyway. But I saw the the, the over under was like twenty eight and a half points. So I thought for a player averaging right. eighteen points a game, first red flag I should have noticed. I thought, oh, that's an easy pick. I'm watching the game. He's got about twelve at halftime. I said, okay, we're good, we're good. I look at the app that I use, and it said he was at twenty three. It's like what? What's I reread it? Twenty-eight and a half points, rebounds, assists. So you got to oh, watch man. out for that. That that's my. Yeah, that's you got to read them. 
Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, well, it said P plus R plus A at the very bottom in small print, but I should have oh, looked yeah. into it and be like, he averages 17-something points a game, which that's usually where the over-under is, right about where they average. Um, yeah. That's mine. I'm very unexperienced better. I use Betalytics a lot. Uh, lean on them. I don't try to use my gut. On that one, I couldn't have because I don't do college basketball. I, sh- I should have just stuck with what Betalytics does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, there were some tough bets there coming out of the Super Bowl. If you didn't, if you didn't already know this, um, Brock Purdy had a rushing over under at I believe it was twelve and a half yards. Yeah, eighty uh, percent of betters bet the over that he would get the over because he had been rushing a fair amount uh, in all the playoff games leading up to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy had thirteen yards before he took the knee in the fourth quarter which dropped him to 12 and suddenly he was NFL under Phil is rigged, man. It was, and yeah, yeah I saw, is that not a rough bet? That's a tough bet. I, I, I saw like, someone oh, do that on when, the knee. Uh, I want to say it was, yeah, it was a super bowl. And it was the Rams and Bengals and they had, they had the same thing. They had a big parlay and it, it, it betted on, uh, it finished on, um, gosh, why is it bad right now? Um, no, you're good. The uh, Rams quarterback. Gosh, why am I blinking right now? Oh, uh, Stafford. Stafford. Yeah, I wanted to keep. I, I want to keep saying golf. Like, yeah, that was way later, <laughs> right? No, uh, or way earlier. But yeah, golf had the right around amount of rushing yards, and he took a knee and went under when they picked the over. It was the same deal, and they lost out. It was like a few thousand dollars. Man, shout out to Cole and the Bungalow Show. I thought of him. With the uh, Reba McIntyre, yes, he got the Reba, uh, the black boots, um, the over on the, the national over anthem. on on the national anthem. That one got me, and a lot of people were upset about that one with the double brave, uh, making yeah. it just see. Uh, yeah, and I was thinking, I was like, I didn't, I didn't time it, and I didn't have a bet on it, but it seemed like she was it, singing it very quickly, and I was like, she really was. Like, I actually timed end, it. I was down, like, and I was like in front of the TV. And I'm like timing it. And I was like, oh man, like I really think she's going to come under because she hit about the halfway point at about like 39 seconds or so, like just under 40. And I was like, man, she's, she's going to come in under. And then right around like 25 was when she probably should have finished. And then she double braved and it pushed it for me to uh, like 94 seconds, 34. And I was like, man, this is like, I, I, I know my clock's not official or anything, but I was like, but I feel confident that like she would have been under had she not double braved, and then she did, and so she went over. I was like, a lot of people are going to be upset and about this. So I thought about was... you on the jets that flew over. It was three and a half. You said at the time we did our show. Uh, yeah, I think I it was think, last week. So, it was really it. low, and I thought it's three seems... and a half or four and a half. Yeah, I I think it was three and a half because it seemed really low to me. And there was like six or seven of them. So when they flew over, yeah, I was like, oh, man, that, that, that was an easy bet if you betted. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was three and a half or four and a half. I think you're right. I think I want to say three and a half because I was something. thinking it's at least because I do remember it being like a little low and I feel like yeah. it's always four. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I mean, it was really no matter what it was over. It was a yeah. big flyover, you know, and I was like, all right, like, man. So it was honestly the Super Bowl was off to a great start from the beginning with like a lot of those prop bets going and everything. So it was it was pretty exciting from start to finish. Uh, you want to talk about some of these commercials, though? Yeah, commercial-wise, man, 
to me, it seemed, and I'll give you, I'll give you a reason why in a minute that it just wasn't on point. Um, you know, I felt the same way. Like they just weren't grabbing me the same way they kind of usually see, do. Here's the thing with with Super Bowl commercials now. Now that they're a thing, and they're, I mean, they've been a thing for a while, but now they're real gimmicky. That companies are trying too hard on some of these commercials. Like you can tell they're supposed to be funny. They're trying to be funny. And sometimes they're like, yeah, that's kind of funny. It's not, not quite cringy, but you can say like, man, they are trying, you know, understand the type. It wasn't like an organic deal. I don't know. A lot of them were like that. Like I like the Beyonce one. That was kind of funny. Um, I don't remember the company of this one, which I guess shows how bad the marketing department did, but I like the commercial where it had like John Stewart, throwing Arnold the football head over trying to throw it into the volcano. And then they had, yeah, uh, that was uh, the paramount paramount. Commercial. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So they had a uh, creed come up and then I guess it was uh gosh, what's her name? Bad with names right now. Um, Drew Barrymore, I think. And then she was like, Oh, there's, Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I think it dragged on a that little, was like pretty good. Patrick that Stewart's one, part, but it, it had good timing, which she's like, Oh, and here's creed. <clears throat> I like that one, but that one had uh, like pre-release, like prior yeah. to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't, I don't want to say a week, but it was definitely like way, almost like well, way before the Super Bowl. Like you know, have the, uh, they have the regular versions days. and they have the shorter versions. What was weird about that one, and maybe they played it earlier and I missed it. They played the shorter version, was the first one I saw, and then maybe like the very next commercial break, they played the long version. So I thought that was kind of weird. Like you think the, the yeah, the, well, the pre-release one I had seen a few days before yeah, 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 was yeah. like the long commercial. Um, and I mean, I, I thought it was pretty funny. And in all honesty, I was like, man, it almost, it's almost a shame that you're like going to spend the money, I guess, to, you know, put it on during the Super Bowl, but then you like release it early. Like, I don't know. Yeah. They, I, it almost seems like they would have been like better served. Yeah. Actually just and we talked about how expensive these are, the, these ads are. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you're paying millions of dollars to the celebrities in there, but really you're paying for the opportunity to get a bunch more free advertising because there's lists that come out best, worst commercials. There's awards you can win out of these. Uh, I like one, which I, I think overall it was liked, but a lot of people hated was the Dunkin Donuts commercial with Ben Affleck. I Ben Affleck yes, and, and, was... and Jennifer Lopez wasn't, I mean, they weren't, I don't think were overly funny or great, but I liked Matt Damon was kind of like, I'm sorry. Like he knew this was stupid and he kept going, I'm sorry, this is dumb. And then you Tom Brady the was kind of like, did we win yeah. the award did, or whatever? Tom Brady was in it. Tom Brady was in quite a few. Like you can't, yeah, Tom was. Brady's because he he's part of Super you know, Bowl. Making board. a career of it, I guess. Yeah. He's going to yeah. be part of Super Bowl commercials now. Um, what other oh, one was sure. he in the, there was another one Tom Brady was in that I thought was really funny too. Uh, it was one of the gambling, I think the gambling sites. Cause they oh, said everybody yeah. can be yeah, on I it with Tom Brady the, cause he's won enough. Yeah. Was it DraftKings or was something? It, it was MGM? one of those. I don't remember which one, but they were like, yeah, yeah, you can be in it too, but not Tom Brady. But not Tom Brady. Yeah. And Tom yeah, Brady's like, right. what? I like you've won too. enough. I thought that was funny. Uh, um, the one I liked that, uh, I mean, cause Peyton Manning always likes to show up in his commercials, but that Bud Light Genie. Yeah. I thought that one was, was pretty clever. Uh, I enjoyed that one. And then, you know, uh, not Brady, uh, Peyton Manning shows up in the end. Like, thanks. Yeah. And that's funny that a lot of these, it's almost like most commercials, you're not going to have Peyton Manning 
jump into the last couple of seconds. He's going to be like the main part right. of it. But I like these Super Bowl right. commercials where out of nowhere, they'll just have a celebrity come out. He may be like two seconds of the commercial, but it's just like that extra. It felt like a fire. lot of these commercials were like heavily celebrity endorsed, you know, commercials. Uh, like yeah. Tina Fey did the whole Travelocity. Yeah. And like Tina everybody's Fey's Tina pretty Fey. Big Super Bowl staple. She's in a lot of commercials. She's been in a lot of commercials lot every of year. Um, well, I mean, minor sidetrack here if you didn't know the rumor is that tina fey is in line to replace uh lauren michaels at saturday night live so i did not know that interesting so, rumor. you heard it here she's first. awful funny and she's if, she's a, if it she's is a good writer and everything you know yeah. like the, I, I could i could see that and i would she, totally support it you know? she's had a run there like doing um what's her name from the sarah palin she was like the sarah palin bit yeah saturday night that was live. really funny yeah i think she's She's pretty good at being but, um, what, uh, those characters. Yeah, uh, the the Michael Michael Sarah was in that commercial for. The yeah, Saturday. I thought that was funny. I thought just that because was he, funny. Yeah, it was like because my wife was like, I never put that Sarah and Sarah V. It's like neither did it's I. Funny. Um, where right, and, and they the totally Beyonce just kind of did like the whole knockoff on like the the you know like cologne type yeah. commercials where he's like whispering yeah, he's and everything. I thought it was lotion. really really funny yeah yeah he did a good um, job they, they had uh ken jong doing the popeyes commercial yeah yeah that was a good one too the uh, as, but like i don't know a lot of these commercials they just didn't grab me too much uh fun fact like i i i like the the budweiser commercial again this year it was fine yeah uh nothing like super special but fun fact if you didn't know that lab in the budweiser commercial kurt russell's dog so really that is, so yeah, even that is these celebrities, Russell's. animals are getting. Yeah, yeah. No, I parts. even happened to see a video of like I guess it's Kurt Russell and his family, dog in the living room, and they like see the commercial and dog pops up and they're like, hey, yeah. and they, you know, give him all this praise. He did a good job and everything. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I guess they did okay the, the, because I I can't think of any commercials I didn't like. Just some of them were kind of like eh. I got one. Okay. The one I didn't like the most, the Oreo cookie commercial where they were making their decisions by like twisting the, twisting, the Oreo yeah. cookies. I, I hated that commercial so much. And I'm going to tell you why the reason I hated it so much, right? When's the last time you tried to split an Oreo? Because my Oreos it's never split like that. It, it doesn't split evenly. You know how many Oreos would tell me like, ask again later if I was trying to get like an answer out of it. Yeah, it's it like a magic like a 50, ball. 50 split. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I just I wouldn't get like a good. It's like oh, left, I'm gonna do this, and then it's like a weird mix, and I'm like, and it's kind of uh. like it's just making it up. Like nobody, that's not like a thing people make. Like obviously not big decisions, but it's not I like a thing you do when you're a kid. You do remember because I don't remember yeah. at all that being a thing. But it was like it was like a '90s campaign thing that I think they were trying to like bring back. Yeah, and, but it was like even then, like as a kid, I quickly found that like you can't do it like the commercials. Yeah. Because Oreos just don't do that. And then they brought it back. And this whole campaign is about like celebrities making huge decisions and like whatever. See, I, and I'm like, I wish it was that easy. Like, yeah, that, that remind. I know this isn't a Super Bowl commercial, but I mean, it's a football commercial where it's like the um, Instacart, I think, I think is the, the app it's talking about, but it has like the, the little jingle. I'm not going to sing it just in case it demonetizes YouTube, but right. it's like, I'm at the football game slash grocery store. 
I was like, when has that ever been a decision? Like, oh, can't go to the grocery store this week because we're at the football game. I can't take 20 minutes to go to the store. So it makes it like this big decision. Now you don't have to decide between the football game and the grocery store. And I'm like, that's not even a thing. And to me, maybe I just missed that whole thing about Oreos making decisions. It's like a wishbone or something. Um, it just didn't. Yeah, I mean that's me. pretty much what it was. Yeah. So what um, was the one where they, they were, were just trying to bring that back? What was the commercial where they were like, you you have to learn something, but you'll have to forget something? I thought that was a pretty good good one because I kept going to people forgetting something. I that you one. had to trade like you would get to learn. I can't remember the company, but it was like you you learn something, but you had to forget something. You had to make a room in your mind, and then it points to Usher. He's like, man uh in, in insinuating that he forgot something he's like man i'd like to be at a halftime show this one of these days and he's in the halftime show and then like the people look at him like all confused like you are in the halftime show he's insinuating that was the one thing he forgot because I, I have to look it up usher forgetting yeah, i didn't check see that Google one that. um yeah i thought that was pretty funny up until the end when they did the, the usher thing i thought that was funny yeah but i mean yeah. I, I think we get overhyped with the commercials now that either they used to be better or we're just raising the bar every year. Yeah. Maybe our expectations are a touch high. Yeah. Cause you have the all time I mean, greats, be- like the Doritos time machine commercial and, and stuff like that, where it's, it's hard to top, top those commercials. For sure. And I mean, I guess, I guess I don't necessarily expect to see like a super mind blowing commercial, like yeah. every year. But I, I guess I expect there to be like, like at least a couple of like front runners of like, like, oh, like I really like these commercials or whatever, you know? And I mean, I guess, I guess maybe I am just being like picky. There's, there's a couple here that I was like, oh yeah, like those, those were funny. you know? Well, nobody ever critiques uh, commercials on a regular basis. I mean, there are people that, that mean, do that. That's their jobs that we don't com- critique commercials on a regular right, we basis. Don't, so we don't. You, you could look at any commercial and tell what you like or don't like about it. It's Yeah. I, I yeah I guess really I'm just jealous that people can split their Oreos so evenly, and I yeah I never been able to <laughs> yeah I can't remember yeah you you do it and all the icing's on one side like every single time that I've done I've never yeah, every time yeah no mine always like breaks in the middle or something like I I never get a perfect like clean yeah I mean that's what I'm saying Oreo like you, ne- size, you know you but... never just like every time pull it and it's like perfect. Is, is what I'm saying. But, you know, maybe maybe I'm just too rough with my Oreos. Somebody comment down below and tell me what I'm doing wrong. That uh, could be. That just... could be true. I mean, if you don't do it right, I mean, user error. Yeah, right. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. User, user error. Any other commercials that stick out? Good, bad, indifferent? Right, yeah. Tell us your favorite commercials. Tell us your favorite commercials. Um, you ready to move on to this Super Bowl? Yeah, if you didn't know, there was also a football game in between all this chaos. Pretty, pretty uh, Chiefs pretty, win their fourth yeah. Super Bowl in franchise history. Mahomes is third Super Bowl MVP. Um, pretty surprising how I mean, if you would have told me the Super Bowl would end up in overtime and win at the last, you know, obviously the last play, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I'd be surprised, but how the whole thing panned out where the 49ers basically had their number most of the game. Um, and then they had yeah, to come back crazy to competitive, very defensive game, uh, especially considering, you know, halftime was a, a three ten uh, score. And in all honesty, Kansas city was lucky to get that three yeah. just before halftime uh, to close that gap a bit. Um, but yeah, crazy, really 
great competitive game. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, my girlfriend complained a little bit uh, right around halftime. You know, the game wasn't very exciting. It was a much more defensive yeah, game, that kind of thing. Um, I understand touchdowns and home runs I, are I more entertaining to watch too. than. I knew the, um, the boring but, thing would come out, which I never thought it was boring. I do understand when it gets more X's and O's, defensive battle, like not everybody appreciates that. And I would rather have watched, you know, a shootout as well. It would have been more entertaining, sure. but I guess if you don't understand football, it just looks like you're playing crappy football. Um, and it's really a little boring. bit. And especially when you consider like you sprinkle in like a, you know, an interception and a fumble um, in that first half and everything, it, it made it made the game seem a little more sloppy, I guess. It just didn't feel like the tightest football was being played. But in all honesty, it was like like you know, like for people who understand for big fans of like both the teams and football, I, I think you understood that like this was turning into like a, a gridiron battle. Like this was these were guys that were knuckling up at the front of the line and and you know doing a lot of damage and playing hard defense even though it wasn't like the biggest offensive game, you know, it was still like a good competitive, hard fought game. And for me, that made it plenty entertaining. You know what I mean? Like it, it never felt like the game was, you know, fully put away. Like even when the 49ers had a a 10, nothing lead, it was like, it didn't look like, you know, like a dominating. Yeah, it was no, not at all. And like, I fully was expecting Kansas city to come back and, you know, do some stuff. And, um, they obviously they must have had a great conversation at halftime because you know they came out, drove down the field, scored, get their first you know uh, lead in the third quarter, uh, and makes the defensive stops on the 49ers, You know they just you know keep them down. You know, and when Travis and Kelsey turns the fourth quarter into a, yeah, when Travis Kelsey battle. doesn't put up a bunch of numbers early on, when probably a decent majority of the viewers are watching for Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. I can understand uh, that seeming boring too. I mean, most watched Super Bowl of all time, really much the, the highest rated TV program since the moon landing. Um, 123.4 million viewers watch the game. Um, I mean, between all the NFL fans and then you stack Swifties on top of that, like yep. those are unbeatable numbers. I'm pretty sure like, yeah, let's yeah, let's but, talk let's talk about Brock Purdy. Um, kind of over. Let's just go ahead and overreact because I mean he just takes team the team to the Super Bowl, took him to the NFC Championship last year. He just did not seem like he was living up to the moment, rising to the occasion. Um, he started off statistically pretty good in the first quarter, first quarter and a half. Um, but he kind of just the more pressure that the KC defense seemed to get on him in the second half, the more oblivious he looked. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought the 49ers as a whole had a a really strong start in that first quarter and everything. I don't necessarily think it was, you know, Brock part Brock Purdy, like leading the charge uh, in that, in those drives or anything, but he wasn't, he wasn't holding anybody back. He wasn't making any huge mistakes or anything like that. They were being successful. They were moving the ball, you know, and I, I think you're right. I think it just, it felt like it wasn't quite there for Purdy throughout the game. And in, in the later in the fourth quarter, it felt like he was starting to put it together. He did it again in the overtime drive where like, it felt like he was, you know, putting it together and kind of getting into a, a flow. 
and then it just stalled out. And it, and that seemed to happen to him a couple of times, which, you know, left the 49ers short. I mean, you know, like not getting into the end zone, you need those points, you know. Um, plenty of field goals kicked, uh, plenty of, you know, record length field goals kicked in this game and everything. Yeah. And then to be completely honest, it, like we can talk about this just a little bit, but um, so it's third, third and four for the 49ers on, in the overtime drive. They're on the nine yard line and uh, they throw the ball incomplete uh, clock stops and everything. It's such a tough situation here, but I feel like it's worth talking about. Do you go for it on that fourth down, knowing like where you are on the field and everything, yeah. or do you kick that field goal and take those points? Well, it's hard to tell yeah because it may you know like if i'm inside the five yard line i go for it in the super bowl um knowing that okay if i don't get it they get the ball at the five yard line or inside the five yard line the nine's you know a little bit out you still have a lot of room but knowing now all they have to do is kick a field goal so they have to gain more or less 45 yards at the nine yard line maybe not even quite that much to be in field goal range. Um, I don't think there's a right answer unless you end up winning the game. Hindsight's 2020. Right. You can say that if, if yeah. they do that and they win this game, then you don't question it. It's definitely a question worth asking because it's right in there where if it was like at the one yard line, I think people would just be upset. Like, why didn't you go for it? Uh, but being at the nine, I get. I guess you can go either way knowing that, hey, your defense, for the most part, has played well in this game. I know you gave up the 10-point lead. Uh, Mahomes was kind of figuring it out in the fourth quarter. But, um, I mean, safety, like in 99% of the time, it's a kick the field goal, rely on your defense. But in the Super Bowl, sometimes you just have to be ballsy. And, and Shanahan seemed to be like that kind of coach. So, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm surprised, but I could definitely see him going for it there and seeing. But at the same time, if you yeah. don't get it, they drive down to 45-yard line, kick a field goal, and win the game. Um, then you have a bunch of questions. At least this way, it's, it's he's not – we could ask the question, but he's not being questioned. It's not a big deal. Most people probably didn't even think about it because he played it safe and it just didn't work out as opposed to going for it and, and it not working out. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a really tough decision to make, just like what you're saying. Like, you're on the nine, which makes it a questionable yeah. kind of position. As or take far five as, yards like, away, you you're in the 14-yard line, you definitely don't do it. But, right, you know. Um, well, honestly, even if they're on the 10, I don't feel like I entertain the idea nearly as much. But because it's on the nine, and, and that means, like, I guess I'm thinking in my head, like worst case scenario, you run the ball and you only get back to the line of scrimmage. You still make them start inside the 10, yeah. you know, but I, in all honesty, I totally understand. And I actually agree with the fact that he, he kicked in that situation purely because it's like, you have to take these points. It's overtime. It's the Super Bowl. Like you can't, you can't get out of here with no points. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and that just puts you in like, such a tough position there because I almost feel like any other time I'd be like, go for it, man. Like, well, you assume, but it's that Shanahan knows the rules over time. I know a lot of 49ers players said they didn't know the rules were different. He didn't either. Um, 
but because that was going to be my next question. Yeah, if you in your mind, if Do you, you take think, the ball first, uh, well, no, not that. But in your mind, if it's you score a touchdown, you win the game, or you kick a field goal and they get a chance, then I think I kind of lean towards going for it on the nine. Because yeah, right, a little bit more. If yeah, because if the option was the game right now, fourth fourth and goal at the nine. You score a touchdown, you win the game, or kick a field goal and give them a chance. I'm going for it every time because it doesn't give them a chance. Now, surely Shanahan knew the rules because he wouldn't have. I don't think Shanahan makes that decision. I think he just goes for the win right there. Um, yeah. Because even Andy Reid saying... said if they went were to score a touchdown, we were going to go for two if we tie if we scored a touchdown, and we would have gone yeah. for two to win the game. Um, so I think that's that's your mindset too, um, but. Right. Honestly, I applaud Andy Reid for having a game plan for an overtime Super Bowl situation. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know a whole lot of coaches that actually would have like planned on that. You know what I mean? And I mean, Shanahan kind of admitted that he didn't really plan on that. And he was a little confused on the overtime rules because he didn't realize that they had changed and that, you know, they were going to get a chance to possess the ball. Anyways. So, Oh, I mean, and yeah, that's where you're asking the possession question. Um, yeah, and that, and that honestly is why I'm like, when you win the coin toss, it kind of surprised me that Shanahan decided to take that first possession. Yeah. When it's like, I feel like if you knew, you probably would have taken the second, you know, like you would have deferred. Or at or least you know they're going to score. I can go for two to win it. Or Right. And, like and, that's the advantage. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Uh. Honestly, it was still one of the greatest Super Bowls I've gotten to witness in my lifetime crazy yeah. competitive uh the first overtime super bowl i've ever seen yeah the f- um, i think the first ever was falcons patriots when the patriots came back from 28-3 oh but you that know, was yeah, like a quick right. score like and, and back then the it rules was, were you score a touchdown you the win rules the game. were first so yeah it was quick it wasn't like this one that nearly ended and went to a second overtime which nobody's ever seen in a football game right um, I mean, honestly, the way this whole thing played out, we got five quarters. Yeah. Yeah. For the most you know, part. So, I mean, yeah, you can they, say the first, they played, they the first the quarter was kind of boring. Well, you got four more, three really exciting quarters. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even the overtime was competitive. It, I mean, Brock Purdy, like I was saying, Brock Purdy started to look like he was getting into a, a bit more of a flow and everything. They were driving well on that possession. And yeah. They just stalled out. Brock Purdy's, um, I mean, he's the second youngest quarterback to start a Super Bowl. I, I'll give him, you know, he didn't just look terrible in that game. Like he, like you said, he had bad moments. He had good moments. I, I'll chalk that up to inexperience. Um, yes, absolutely. something he'll learn. I think the Forty ers have a franchise quarterback on their hands. Yeah, I, I mean, at least, at least this doesn't tell you that he's not a franchise. There's not enough information. Just you might as well keep going with him. You know, right? Um, right. Because you got at least a couple more years. Um, before you have to pay him or make that decision. So at least go one more year, trade him, do whatever. Um, but yeah, you, Very this true. is your guy. I, I, I mean, I, I would, I would keep, yeah, I would keep rolling with this guy for right now. Um, he hasn't, he hasn't done enough in my opinion to warrant, you know, releasing him or trading him or anything like that. No, I know? mean, it's been two and, years for God's sakes. It's like, and I mean, yeah. And, and the way that the 49ers have come out in these last two seasons, the way, Purdy is more or less like risen to the occasion, in my opinion, tells me that like, I feel like you got a pretty good marriage in Brock Purdy and, and uh, Kyle Shanahan and 
like you just you you know uh, like unfortunately you had you had some really rough luck with your quarterbacks last year mm-hmm. and then this year i mean this year you you went to the show man and it was yeah. a crazy competitive game and you lost in overtime like i don't i don't i almost can't count it as a loss it's obviously a loss you know but i mean it's a bright it's, future it's not it's yeah it's not getting blown out of the super bowl like you didn't belong you know it's not tcu yeah. versus georgia it's you know, it was a very competitive, like very, like just what a great game. Like I, I almost can't speak highly enough of it. It, because I and I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, I feel like a good majority of the time, 90 percent of the time, you watch the Super Bowl, and it tends to be like one team showed up ready to play, ready yeah. for the big stage, and another team just didn't, and you end up with these kind of one-sided games, especially after halftime. Yeah. Um, but man, when you get a game that stays like this competitive for the full four quarters, in this case, five quarters, and you end up with still a close score at the end and just, I, I mean, great game, great finish, you know, getting to watch these like future Hall of Famers. And honestly, I think it's cool too. It's hard to say if like Purdy will necessarily be a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he stays on this path and keeps playing, you know, with this team like this. I mean, we might be talking about him for a while, but Let's yeah. be honest, right? Patrick Mahomes. I like I like reading this out just because I, I think it sounds cool. My man's got three Super Bowl victories and four appearances over the last five years. Yeah. If this man's not in like Tom Brady talks the way LeBron is talked about with Michael Jordan, I don't understand what else you need to do. Yeah, you're you're definitely gonna have I mean the only thing that um the reason you don't see the many comparisons, I think, I mean, obviously they played against each other. That's not two different eras necessarily that Michael Jordan was loved on so much. Like I know there's, he has a lot of haters, but Tom Brady doesn't have the love that Jordan has. So I think that's why you don't have it. Everybody who hates Tom Brady also hates Patrick Mahomes outside of, you know, Boston or Kansas city fans. Yeah. But you get that much hate from being that damn. It, it, exactly. That's why. And, and maybe, Jordan had that hate back then and maybe just being removed from the sport. That's why you kind of need to have those differences where you don't get a lot of Jordan hate. Like you have people who like LeBron and they want to compare it and, you know, compare different eras. Um, But, you know, my comparison is like, he's only played five seasons, six seasons, whatever. He's still, he's 28. Seven, he still has at least, six. yeah, he said, he set out his first year. So he still at least has, four quality really good top of the notch years if not more um hell if he plays till 45 like brady oh, does, yeah. if he's able to like who knows oh yeah if he's able to stay healthy and everything you know i don't expect man. him to go to you know every other super bowl or anything like it seemed like brady was but um like he's for sure like if he had five more subpar years and then retired he's still a hall of famer regardless He's still going to, you know, he just needs time to get all the records. Uh, I mean, get up there and, you know, passing yard, career passing yards, put touchdowns, all that, or he's probably on pace to do all that anyways. Um, me, oh, I just, sure. I just I, don't I like think, comparing him right tied. now. It's, compare it at the end. Wait till the end of their careers. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, just like with, uh, like, LeBron and Jordan, or re- really even like Kobe and Jordan, and they overlap just a little bit um and like lebron and kobe and stuff i mean you you get these comparisons because because 
I mean, you know, just a young man comes in, they start playing at such a high level and you automatically kind of compare them to the best in the league or whatever yeah. at the time, you know? And I mean, Brady, Brady just left us, you know, like, I mean, and it's honestly, it's going to be because uh, I can't remember who it is, but I, I want to say Mahomes just tied for second in playoff victories uh, with like 16 or something like that, 20, yeah. whatever it is. Um, but number one is Brady with like 45, something yeah. like that, like something crazy. So, he, I mean, he's got a ways to go to catch Brady and everything because Brady played at such a high level for such a long time. But, I mean, I totally agree with like what you're saying, you know. I mean, at the level that Mahomes has been playing, you know, he's in the league seven years, he's been playing for six. I would like to think that at minimum he's got at least four more years in him, if not like 14, you know. Well, I mean, uh, he still has. But that all depends on how healthy he can, he yeah. can remain. Yeah, I mean, credit you know, to Brady for being able to play at a high level to 45. But if we're comparing right. statistics and wins and all that, there's still an entire career between them. There's still, what is it, 16 oh, yeah. years, which is a really yeah. long career in the NFL. So, um, I mean, in difference in uh, – I mean, and yeah, Brady set out his first year too because he was a backup. Mahomes was just more like sitting right. in wait, but – um, very similar starts to their career where they're winning at a high level so so much early on. And um, who knows? Because, you know, basketball and football are so different that it matters who's on your team. We thought it was mattering for the Chiefs this year. We thought, okay, this is a rebuilding year because they don't have anybody to help uh, Mahomes very much. And who knows what the Chiefs look like in two or three years. Maybe they are able to, you know, to make some moves and have more weapons or maybe they just have nobody else behind besides Mahomes, And it's hard to fault him for that too, where like, well, he has nobody. How is he supposed to win? Whereas Brady was always able to get, you know, Gronk and Edelman and Randy Moss came that like, he always seemed to have players wanting to come play for him. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe the chiefs will end up getting that for Mahomes. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, it, it feels like Kansas City had a number of players this year, like really step up uh, between, yeah. you know, guys like Rice and Pacheco. Um, like they they really stepped up this year to help the offense, you know, rebound from. I mean, especially considering, like, I thought it was crazy to mention the stat in the Super Bowl, but uh, Kansas City had the highest drop rate of any team in the league this year. Yeah, and that's a crazy stat to take with you into the Super Bowl. You know, like yeah. oh, we dropped the most passes. Yeah, it's surprising you made the Super Bowl with that. Uh, I guess that makes sense. We saw. See, I I wasn't realizing there were that many drops. I just knew that there were a lot of drops that were like high profile. Like that was a touchdown. That was, you know, multiple really big time drops. Where we were talking about uh, Kadarius Tony on the pregame show where. Unfortunately for him, a lot of his drops came in big moments and, and they were kind of over. He was overshadowed by that where, I mean, it makes sense. There's just, there were a lot of drops. Um, and outside of Kelsey, which we'll talk about in a minute, he didn't have a whole ton of help. I mean, he had uh, a lot of check downs to Pacheco because Pacheco is one of his weapons in the passing game because of the lack of receivers. Um, Going to back to Travis Kelsey, though, because this is something we got to talk about. And it's very uh, controversial topic because it's just like people are split down the middle. Whether it's big deal, it's not a big deal uh, or whatever, such such a divisive topic, whereas Travis Kelsey after the Pacheco fumble 
who was not in that play goes up to Andy Reid and obviously shows his frustration. Um, audio may come out on it. I don't know if the NFL buries the audio. We don't know what was said, but he kind of bumps him and almost knocks him over. Uh, and there's all kinds of memes and screenshots and like, this is why you train your yeah. kids to be coachable and um, all kinds of stuff. What, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I know I'll give you my thoughts in a minute. I don't think it's as big a deal that as people are making. No, I totally agree. I understand um, even kind of everybody's just kind of jump reaction to seeing what happens on the field and everything yeah. in that moment. But to be completely honest, like in, in my opinion, if you, if you watch the video and everything, does, does Travis T Kelsey come in kind of hot? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, is he going right for Andy Reid? You betcha. I don't think he actually meant to like run into his coach or anything like that. I think what happened was, you know, he's just heated and he ended up taking like an extra step that he didn't necessarily need yeah. to take. And he ends up really close to him and he bumps into him. And that, that's honestly, part that's if, kind you, of if you look at it, it seems like, yeah. And if you look at it too, it seems like um, Andy Reid like never really even saw him coming. He's got his headset yeah. on, you know, he's focused on the game and the next play and whatever. And when he bumps into him and everything, he finally kind of turns and you can kind of see him like reach out for Travis's arm almost as if like, he's trying to be like, what's like, what's wrong? What's going on? Like, what's the yeah. deal? And whatever, Travis you know? Kelsey like reach out like, Oh crap. I didn't, you know, he didn't really change facial expression. Yeah, and he, he like tries to, catch, to him. catch him a little bit. So that, yeah. I mean, cause I've heard people like, man, that's basically assault. And uh, that's the part that I think is overblown. Like, yeah, he yelled at his coach. There, there's no, a debate sure. to happen about that. Like not every coach. No, I think, I think what happened, take that. and I mean, I remember from like, you know, my football days, especially like playing receiver and stuff, like it was, it was kind of a pretty common thing. And at least, at least with like my coaches and stuff, but we have, there, there was this phrase my coaches used to use. And it was basically the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Yeah. If you're out there and you're like beating your man and you want to get the ball, tell somebody, you know, like you can't, you can't just keep that in you know like if you're out especially if you're out there like on the field playing and we talked about this a little bit but it's like this is the super bowl man there's no next week you can't take this in you know to the office and like fix it up over the week and just get them next week you know like this is it this is the game fix it now or don't fix it at all you yeah. know what i mean and if and i think i think that's really what it was i think kelsey was out there he was beating his man he was getting open he wanted the ball and then he gets frustrated on top of that because he's being pulled out of plays on like third down. And he's like, what are we doing, man? Like, you know, give me the ball. And I think he tried to express that, you know, to Andy Lee, obviously in the heat of the moment and everything. The thing that they didn't even show uh, that was like talked about later, was, you know, like they were on the sideline and they like reconciled and whatever. And they talked it out, you know, real quick on the sideline, but they obviously don't show that on TV. They just show, you know, Kelsey and Andy Reed's face, like yelling at him. Yeah. Because you know, he wants the ball. And do I think that's him being uncoachable? No, not at all. In fact, I think that's him being incredibly coachable because it says to me that Andy Reid has created like such a culture with his players, especially his veteran players, that his players feel they like can safe enough to, to be him, able to yeah. approach him and express themselves and tell him like in the moment, you know, like this is what we need to be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and to... I just I don't I don't feel like you know, I, in all honesty, there's, there would be a part of me that would be more upset with a player like Kelsey, especially a player of his caliber, to hear him say, 
you know, post game, like, oh, like I was beating my man and I should have been getting the ball more, but mm, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, like not my call and versus like him, like Andy approaching Reed. his coach. And he's like, what are we doing? You know, Andy Reed was obviously asked about it and Travis Kelsey. And they're like, no, we're all good. Um, of course, winning will heal all wounds. It, it might seem like a bigger deal if they would have lost the game. Um, but Andy Reed's like, Hey man, I wasn't standing. I wasn't balanced. Like he didn't mean to go do that. Like I get him going and yelling at it, but yelling at him, but, uh, and people say like certain coaches that wouldn't have flied. Like he would have been benched, whatever he should have been benched. Um, but I get it. But being at that level, uh, of competitiveness to, to be, uh, a player in the NFL, a successful player, a superstar, the amount you have to um, practice, work hard, you're always in the mode. Like lots of times at our jobs, it doesn't matter if, if you're just kind of like going with the flow sometimes. You can get by, um, you know, you're just not feeling it today. You can still be a productive member at your job, a productive employee at your job. That doesn't work in the NFL. So you go from the NFL to college to all the way just to make it to that point. The type of person, not only talent-wise, you have to be emotionally engaged. You have to be emotionally um, invested in it. And to think that, yeah, it's a game. It's not the end of the world if they lose the Super Bowl. But to them, it's their life. It's their livelihood. They're going to get death threats, as we've seen with the Buffalo Bills kicker and other players that – if they lose, they're going to get death threats from somebody. If they yeah, there's no lose, way. there's money left on the table. There's career changes. Like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't seem like it matters. But it, this is something they've been working for their entire life. And then on a magnifying glass, being talked about on podcasts like this, being talked about on ESPN all the time, um, that the fact, like, if you blew up on your boss and your boss was, like, cool about it, like, hey, let's come back later, y'all make up everything. That's fine. Nobody knows about it. Maybe some people at work, but it's not being turned into memes and like, this is trash. He's a terrible person. This is never how I'd raise my kid to do something like this. It, it's a different level. And yeah, I know they make millions of dollars and do all this, but to be hyped up, like some people are really talented, but will never make it in professional sports because they're not hyped up enough. They're not crazy enough. They're not going to go up to their coach and say, Hey coach, uh, that sucked that last time. Like, he's trying to coach a game. You have to get your point across. Like, I know that sucked. I think I should get more. I'm beating my man. Just leave me in the game. Like, you were saying, all calm like that. Yeah. Like, I think he would agree that he overreacted in the situation. Obviously, pushing him and all that. But just screaming. Sure. And I'm sure they scream at each other all the time. Like, I tell my wife all the time, like, our kids want to be in athletics, even in middle school and high school, they're going to get yelled at and that's good for them. Cause they're going to get yelled at in their life and whether in their future, whether that's right or wrong, like you don't see that necessarily. Some coaches will yell in games, but you don't see that in practice where in normal situations, the way they talk to them would be like detrimental to some people to use the words. And like, oh, that's yeah. just how they communicate with each other. And just because oh, it sure. happened in the middle of a Super Bowl. Like he may communicate with Andy Reid like that all the time. They go back and forth, but it happened on a stage where a camera caught him and now it's being turned into a meme. I think it's way overblown. I I, I mean, I don't think Kelsey has been in, I don't know how many long Kelsey's been in the league eight years, something like 10, that. 10 years. 10 years. He's been at 
that level been been an all-star tight end for a long time where if this was a big deal, I think they would have nipped it in the bud a long time ago. We saw with Des Bryant, which I think that was overblown sometimes, things he did, but it kind of was a problem, but he was still very talented. See, with Odell Beckham, yeah. it was kind of a problem, but he was still talented. We've never seen a problem with Travis. Nobody's ever complained, like, is this guy locker room cancer? Is this guy have an issue? No. We see one time he yells at his coach on the sideline in the Super Bowl. And then we're all quick to judge. Like, he's near the end of his career, and we're trying to say, is he a problem? Uh, I just think it's ridiculous. No, I totally agree with that. And one, just another point to make here, I mean, I think I think coaches know their players, you know? And pretty much exactly what you're saying is, you know, like, every player is a little bit different. Me, personally, I don't get motivated by people, like, talking trash to me, you yeah. know? Or, like, my coaches talking bad to me. But you know who I have heard say in interviews that he does play better when that happens? Gronkowski. Yeah. Like, he's openly admitted, like, he had a coach that would be like, you fat piece of shit, you know, like, would, like, tear into him, you know, and it made him play better. And some guys are like that, you know? Some guys need to be, like, coached in that aggressive way and, and like, yelled at and whatever, and it, like, gets into their head and whatever. Some guys need more of a gentle hand and whatever, you know? Most of those guys don't last very much in football because of like what football is. It's physicality and the emotions and kind of controlling and channeling those emotions onto the field and into the plays. But I, I, I feel very confident saying that like Andy Reid knows how to talk to his players, especially Kelsey. And I think the players know how to talk to their coach. Yeah. You know, and I think that they, especially a veteran player like Kelsey, I think he knows that he can approach his coach and talk to him. And I think Kelsey would probably admit, just like you said, like, did he come in a little hot and aggressive? Yeah, probably. You know, did he mean to like bump into him or, you know, almost knock his coach over or whatever? No, probably not. You know, did he yell a little loud? Yeah, maybe, probably, whatever, you know, but like, I don't think either one of them were necessarily like upset at the other one for the interaction and the way it happened. And you have you know to I mean? understand, because people compare it a lot to their kids, and you have to understand the situation. These are grown-ass men. Like, right. yes, you have to respect men. that he's your coach, he's your mentor, he's whatever, but it's completely different than a 17-year-old high school kid and his coach. Um, right. But Andy Reid's been the coach for seven, eight, however many years with, with uh, the Chiefs. He's handled... Uh, Travis, Kel- like I don't even say he's handled Travis Kelsey. If Travis Kelsey does that on a regular basis, um, and he's a bit much, then he's done a good job handling because nobody's noticed uh, any issues yeah, before. And they've won, you know, they've been to Super Bowl, the Super Bowl four out of five years, one three. Um, I I think I think it's handled. Um, yeah, if you yeah. if you have a kid who does that in high school to their coach, you might have a problem. Uh, but when yeah, Travis Kelsey's 30, 31, 32, whatever he is yelling at Andy Reed, who's been his coach for a long time, I think you're, I mean, there's always different situations. Is it the, how well did they know each other? Which I would say they know each other pretty damn well, uh, given their history. And, um, yeah, I overblown way overblown. I totally agree. All right. My final topic for you though, staying with Travis Kelsey wins the Super Bowl. This is last season. Is he coming back? He's got two years left on his contract. I think he finishes. He, he um, but, you know, what with his brother. I mean, he said on the stage that they're going to roll it back next year. He said they're going to roll it back next year. 
that would be amazing. That doesn't necessarily mean anything official. I know right after you win the Super Bowl, I mean, you tend not to make right. that decision right then and there. Maybe he had the decision made. There are rumors that he might be retiring. I, I don't think he said anything about it. So maybe it was never a question. Um, but I would say he comes back. He said he was going to come back. So I don't know. Maybe you know, Taylor I, Swift I totally says, agree. hey, think- it's time for you to retire now so we can, you know, start, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. But. Um, it's possible, but I, I think mean, he's, he he's got the two years left on his contract. I, I think he'd finish those at least. Um, and especially um, on the tails of this back-to-back championship, I, I wouldn't be surprised he plays at least one more to try and, you know, run it back. For he, a uh, he has a future um, in whatever he wants to have. I mean, great on his podcast, very oh, entertaining. Sure. Um, I think he said he wanted to be an actor, sort of like John Cena in the rock, like kind of play those kind of roles. Uh, I'm sure he'll be an analyst of some kind, sort of like Gronkowski is now. And um, he's obviously, if he retired, he's not going anywhere. You're still going to see him, you know, everywhere. Uh, But yeah, I think he keeps, keeps going and runs it back. I might as well. You're at the top top of your game. Right. I mean, he's probably personally, probably over the hump of um, his prime, but he's still, really really talented yeah well i mean he, that's what i'm saying and a he very talented team too like yeah i don't know what their roster looks like next year but it's not like going to be a rebuilding season i mean as most teams think well, it's i mean with guys season. like pacheco and rice still on their rookie contracts um, and mahomes is still your quarterback i mean you know mahomes isn't going anywhere uh you know it, it's it's a pretty good situation to just hang around for so I, I mean, I, I totally think you're right. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I, and I mean, to be honest, just from, you know, what I've heard of him from him on his podcast and things like that, you know, those Kelsey boys are, you know, pretty competitive and they, I mean, they like to win, you know, they, they, yeah. and I mean, they're, they're both talented football players. So honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if uh, Jason decides not to retire and comes back for, one or two more but yeah i mean i think there's a future for their podcast it's obviously popular now but imagine i mean it's one thing when you have two current players and now i guess just one current player you can only say so much but like when they're both retired and they don't seem like they would be the type to have filters like i don't know what their future holds working with the nfl or whatever but i think you'll get a lot better more underneath behind the scenes type content uh, when they're both retired oh, and they can freely talk about sure. whatever they want, sort of like Peyton and Eli, but Peyton and Eli are completely different um, uh, personalities. They're like the leaders, the quarterbacks of these guys. These guys are just the 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 roughnecks, the wild cards of their team. They they just have that kind of yeah. personality. Uh, I think they're going to be very entertaining uh, in the future when they don't have to hold back what they say. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I I love watching these guys already, but I'm totally I'm totally with you, man. You know, give them a a few more years where you know maybe they both you know go into retirement and they're able to say yeah whatever they want without any, anything holding them back, you know. But yeah, they're they're very entertaining, and it's it's honestly it's even kind of funny that you mention it just because like I think it's funny to point out you know that that really. Um, uh, well, I mean, Travis uh, played some some quarterback in in college and yeah. high school and stuff, but uh, they're both basically offensive linemen, and like their personalities kind of show that. 
versus you know the Manning brothers who are both quarterbacks and their personalities definitely kind of yeah they're more uh, well. tight knit and and more of your f- suited up guys as opposed to or, you know blue collar guys you know um, yeah yeah as opposed to your white collar guys I I think that that you'll get better more crazy content. Yeah, I don't see the Kelsey brothers being um, like a Monday Night Football thing, like the Manning brothers on uh, on ESPN, unless they just kind of pull it back, pull back the reins a little bit. They seem a, little, a lot crazier. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, before we end this, do you have any, do you have any more topics that you wanted to bring up? Talk about? I know we haven't talked about Taylor Swift, but. Um, uh, Nothing no, but I mean, there. now that you mention it, I, I did happen to uh, notice if you did not, for all those Swifties out there, Kansas City's final drive to win the game, 75 yards, oh, no. 13 plays. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen a lot of 13 thing references to the game now. I mean, obviously. There, there were a few, because uh, San Francisco's final drive in overtime was also 13, which I thought was funny. Uh, Interesting. But, um, Kansas City's first lead of the game was 13 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were those were pretty much the the big 13s you know this was uh, Taylor Swift's 13th game and whatever but yeah you know, I did I did think it was funny though that Kansas City's game winning drive 13 plays so it's obviously maybe <laughs> maybe yeah and <laughs> maybe uh, a little bit of Taylor Swift magic from the upper deck you know uh, yeah, and who knows? And no proposal. I know some people were saying he was going to propose. I thought it had been kind of interesting. No. I, I think a lot of people, it made a lot of people sick if that would have happened. Like, but you never know. No, let, let, let's see if he proposes the same day he gets his Super Bowl ring. He gives her a ring, like, too. They, how, yeah, they each how get cheesy on the same high day. school dumb quarterback cliche would it be if he gave her the ring? Like they had it sized oh, to her like, thing. Like, like the Super Bowl ring was your engagement ring or some stupid thing like that. That'd be a bold decision, man. That that would. I mean, it, considering she's worth hell, I don't even know how much. Way more than him, but he's worth a lot of money. Oh, you could sure. buy whatever you wanted. But I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure she would need at least a twenty carat ring, right? So. I mean, her ring might be bigger than his Super Bowl ring. Might be. It might be. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. They, they might, <laughs> yeah. you know, they might break up. Who knows? They they have any interest in that. Um, but guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Sports Page. Be sure to follow us, all our social media accounts at Peak One Sports. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Um, and until next time, see you guys later. Bye.